0: Welcome to the Generation Y Podcast. My name is Will. And I'm Jean. And if it's your first time stopping in, this is a show designed to help young adults thrive.
1: Because young adulting is hard, especially right now. So we're asking the questions that matter to all of us and having conversations with people who know the answers.
0: And a big question that all of us are asking as young adults is, what is my purpose? So today we talk with founder of Purposity, Blake Canterbury, to talk about how he found his And the journey leading up to it. This is the Generation Y Podcast. And Blake, welcome so much. Welcome so much. Welcome so much. (laughs) Welcome to the Generation Y Podcast, Blake. Hey,
2: guys. Thanks so much for having me.
0: We're so glad to have you uh Blake. I would love to, I mean today for the purposes of our conversation we're talking a little bit about answering the proverbial question what's my purpose? And and before we go any further, we're not going to try to answer that question for you today. No. We're not going to take that big a bite <laughs> out of this apple, but we do want to talk a little bit about your jour- your journey, good heavens, yes. your journey finding yours um and at least narrowing that down. But before we do that, I would love to know Blake what did you want to be when you grew up? What was your like, when I grew up, I'm going to be this.
2: I, I wanted to be a professional baseball player.
0: Oh my and gosh.
2: If if really? I'm, if I'm old, if I'm really honest, I wanted to be a mix of Zach Morris and Derek Jeter.
1: Wow. That's, that's what I, I wanted to mean, be in line. wow. Who doesn't?
2: You get no higher than that, right? <laughs> if, you, if you ever want to set yourself up for failure, set a goal like that.
1: Yeah. Yes. I'm familiar <laughs> with those. Um, equally obsessed with say by the bell i definitely thought kelly kapowski was about the coolest kid in the whole world um but i as a kid wanted to either be on broadway in chicago which is very sexual (laughs) (laughs) and um probably not appropriate for a child but i also wanted to be on saturday night live that was my my big dream i would sit and watch it every saturday night and i was like this is what i want this is my calling
0: Listen, I, you guys both set the bar high. You wanted to be on Broadway. You want to be a professional baseball player. I wanted to be a garbage man. I don't know. That was like, for me, it was just such a cool thing that you could ride on the back of a truck without wearing a seatbelt. like, that's just what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, and also
1: great benefit packages. <laughs> um, every kid's dream.
2: There's always a career path for you. I mean, you can go do that again tomorrow if you wanted to. And there's
1: still hope. You know, you would have been an essential worker right now. So
2: Look at that.
0: Okay, so, Blake, obviously, so we just mentioned, you know, all of us as young adults are chasing this question, what's my purpose? And uh, as I mentioned before, it seems like you've kind of narrowed yours down a little bit. In fact, developing a, a company and a network called Purposity, um, with purpose in the name. So I just want to know tell me a little bit of your story and a little bit of your journey um, as you have been creating that.
2: Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I was born in Baton Rouge. I'm still a big LSU fan to this day. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm married into a diehard UGA family. So mm. I wear red and black way more than I get to wear purple and gold. Uh, which is great.
0: Fantastic. Uh,
2: but I played baseball my whole life. And then really the pivotal moment for me was um, I went from being a dumb job to wearing jeans in about two weeks. Uh turned out I was a creative and I was working at a creative agency in Atlanta, small shop and had the opportunity. I got called to run social media for a disaster relief organization when the earthquake hit in Haiti in 2010. Wow. And so I hopped on a plane and we launched a social media campaign where we were able to connect United Nations, Doctors Without Borders, Samaritan's Purse to aid about 100,000 people in two weeks. And that was a little moment in my life. And since then, really, for the past 10 years, my life has been dedicated to leveraging technology for good.
0: Oh, my
1: goodness. That's incredible. Yeah. For you,
0: was that like a moment that you said, this is now what I have to be doing? Or was it more of a, a process?
2: Yeah. So it really kind of the evolution story from that was um, we uh, called some friends and we built what we called an MVP, just a basic uh, technology. And we gave it to this one school district. And three months later, they came back and said, you fundamentally solved this issue for us.
0: Wow. Every wow. school district
2: in the country is facing this, almost every nonprofit. Um, and I didn't think we'd the problem, but I, I think we identified a problem. And as we started conducting just research from users, consistently, people said, I want to do good in the world. I just don't know where to start. Yeah. And when we asked them what is doing good in the world, they said, either I give money to big buckets of money. I don't know who I'm helping or I volunteer for an organization that I may or may not care about. Wow. And that was a light bulb moment really for me. And I said, why are we doing generosity the same way our great, great, great grandparents did it?
1: Right. Yeah, it's like, Whoa. why in
2: 2020 can I do a doctor's appointment from my cell phone or a live podcast from the lake? But <laughs> we have no idea if our neighbors two streets over has food to eat tonight, right? Like, that's just fundamentally, we're using technology for all these amazing things, but not the basics. So really we said, let's build a lifestyle brand for generosity. People want to be associated with, they want to have the app, they want to wear the t-shirt and clothes and build a community of people that are proving humanity is good. And that was the jumping off point and said, we can, I can quit my job and go do that.
0: So take us now to, to Purpocity. What is it? And, and you told us a little bit of your journey through like finding your need and your purpose and, and recognizing other people's needs. So that led you to develop something called Purpocity. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So, um, our model is really simple. Uh, we partner with local schools and local nonprofits and we give them this app and now they walk into a classroom or a kid walks into a classroom with holes in their shoes. Their teacher can enter a need for a bet, for a pair of shoes in real time. And our belief is that you buy that kid a pair of shoes if you only knew they needed it. You just have no idea that they need it. Right. So we ask people to download the app and turn on notifications to get one a week. If you're busy, ignore it. If you have 30 seconds, you click a link, you'll see the item that's needed, how much it costs. The organization that vetted it and if you want to help you literally hit one button on our site and it's on their doorstep in two hours to 48 hours depending on the urgency and wow. the shit that that
1: is that's so incredible and it really meets the um, instant gratification of our generation
0: right so i imagine that the people using this they don't just hey donate to this cause it's hey donate to this specific need and see it met mm-hmm. i think there's that's a lot of, i think there's a lot of power in that well hey like obviously Right now, we're we're in a period um, with COVID happening that I imagine those needs have increased dramatically. What, what How has that changed what Proposity is doing?
2: Yeah, so COVID's really validated our model. So the millions of people sitting at home saying, hey, how do I help from right here in a meaningful way? Uh, we allow them to do that. At the same time, nonprofit donations are actually taking. And most of them rely on physical volunteers, and they can't have those. Right, And so the nonprofits are still able to submit needs in real time of those that they're working with. Wow. And people can help from home. So it's just really validated our model. So we we had been in this mindset, of, let's get better before we get bigger. Let's launch strategic places and make sure it's, the infrastructure is good. So now we said, look, let's allow any school district or any nonprofit in the country to sign up and we'll just run behind them.
1: That's incredible. So we
2: have started scaling faster than we ever thought we would right now.
0: Yeah, and something pretty cool happened pretty recently. You were invited on the Today Show to to talk about what you guys were doing. What has it been like since that experience?
2: Yeah, so it, you know, it wasn't the the TV moment that you know you dream of right, what it made you right. like to go on national TV. There was no Times Square, there was no New York City or red carpets. So <laughs> uh, I was literally. S- sitting in my townhouse living room where i had just changed my my son's diaper about 30 minutes earlier Mm -hmm. and my computer was on a stack of books so it wasn't the glamorous moment that you right it was real and organic and it's what we're about you know
1: right it was was humble just Um, like proposity
2: yeah exactly um but from that moment from that one tv spot we grew 20 percent in a day
0: wow
1: Um, and
2: So we now have had nonprofit signups or school district signups from almost all 50 states. Um, And so we're just scaling, running behind it um, and just opening this thing up and just watching people connect and help their neighbors in real time. And it's actually just a ton of fun.
1: How exciting. That is so fun. You said in one of the um, interviews we were watching that you had this idea and you weren't sure what you were going to do with it. And then a few days later, Atlanta flooded.
2: Yeah, so and that was kind of uh, um, one of the origin stories with this. But uh, if you've ever had an idea, and thought you were going to get struck dead if you didn't act on it, <laughs> yep. um, Atlanta flooded back in. Uh, this is two thousand nine, so this is right before the earthquake in Haiti, which is the long journey that it's taken to get here. Wow. And this was really under another name at the time. But I created a Twitter account, drove down to the flood in Atlanta, and found an organization. They said our biggest need right now is diapers. So we put a call out for diapers, and we had people across five states either give money or give diapers, and we thought, wow, you know what? This could really work. Yeah. Um, so with something like this, oftentimes you just have to take the first step, and then you have to take the next step, and then you have to look back and say, okay, what's happening here? Is there mm-hmm. a model that can be put around this? Um, you know, I, I'm way less of the polished person who says, let's have the five year game plan land out before we take step one. I say hey, let's go risky. Let's try some things. And then we'll learn on the way and figure out how to model this and and put the resources around it.
0: I love your story because you say it's a startup, but you've been working on this for years. I mean, in one way or another, we watched a TED talk this morning that you did 11 years ago. And, you know, you've been working on this for so long. And I'm interested in paralleling that period of waiting to what we're all experiencing right now, because, all of us, no matter who you are, where you are, all of us are in a period of waiting right now. Whatever plans you had prior to 2020, they're all on hold right now. And I think there's this mentality of, I want to know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And if I'm not doing that right now, if it doesn't work right now, I must be supposed to be doing something else. So tell, what, what message would you send to people that are still trying to answer that question or a piece of that question, what's my purpose? And they're stuck in this period of, of waiting,
2: yeah. So step one, I would say, like pursue purpose. Like during a time of waiting, pursue that right now. And there's there's lots of ways to kind of arrive at purpose. Um, but just three simple questions that you can ask that will kind of spur some of the thinking around it. Um, one: What do I want to be remembered by? Right. So like if you were, I had a mentor one time say, go write your speech that you won't given at your funeral, and write what you want on your tombstone. And I thought it was so morbid, thought it was odd. And then as soon as I started writing it, I immediately realized if I want that to be said about me when I die, I have to live that life right now. Yeah. Wow. And for me, that was so convicting because mm-hmm. I may get hit by a car tomorrow and that may never be said. Right. So it was a, what do it, like literally change everything to get my life in that trajectory to be doing these four things. Um, and that's what I wrote, I wrote simple four things down. I said I wanted to be known as a guy who loved God. I wanted to be a great husband, a great father and help others wanting nothing in return. And I'm like, to get that in line, I have to abandon everything else that's not in line with that. Um, So that's one, what do you want to be remembered by? Two, what am I great at? I think a lot of us like pursue because we can do anything in this world. Um, We can start a podcast tomorrow. Like what do you have potential to be great at in this world? I think we have potential to two, maybe three things. And if you focus on what the intersection of what you're great at and become great at that and combine it maybe with what you want to be remembered by, now you have potential to be get exponentially further in life, job obtainment. And then when you become an expert at something it gives you a sense of purpose in itself, but at the same time, it always gives you this mental track that you're headed down. There's something else to learn in a vein to get you yeah. down the road that somebody else ultimately needs.
0: Like what about, what about someone who is struggling to answer the question, what am I great at? What, what advice would you give them?
2: Well, it's a, a funny way to think about this is thinking about American Idol right, which is back on TV now, uh, you often see people on that show who want to be a great, they believe they're a great singer. Right. Um, and maybe their parents haven't drilled it in their head. Sometimes it was Simon Cowell or maybe now it's Luke Bryan or, you know, Katy Perry that's going to look them my and be like, you're not a great singer. You got to go do something else. Right. So one, look around people. Um, but what are people asking you to do? Um, yeah. What are you passionate about? You know, I, I wanted to be a graphic designer for a while, but I could never create in photoshop what i had in my head and i realized like i'm never going to be great at this yeah. um so i think there's just some things and time will play into this too you don't have to know what you're great at today um but you know a few years into a career track you'll begin to learn certain things that you just knock out really quickly and some things that you just can't get done yeah mm-hmm.
0: it might sound weird but a question that actually you know gene and i've been asking each other is is we'll look at each other and we'll say hey what am I good at? What am I great at? What What do you think my gifts are? Because like you said, you, there can be people who think they're an incredible singer and then other people are like, I don't really think that's your gift, <laughs> you know, but that's a hard question to answer honestly for friends. For, you know? Well, for
1: yourself, it's hard, but I, I think um, people can always see you better than you can see yourself. And, and sometimes there's something that, um, that, People just remember about you that does would never come to mind for you. But they'll be like, actually, you're you're really good at navigating tough conversations. Why would you ever think of that? But now you're like, oh, well, I'm really interested in psychology. Maybe I should actually be pursuing that instead. Like a lot of times our community has the answers for us. And I remember one time um, after my sister had gotten in a really bad accident that meant she could not continue a career she'd been in for 10 years. And she had to start over in her early 30s. And I was finally going to counseling. Yay, counseling. And um, when she asked me, what should I do? I encouraged her to do what I was encouraged to do, which was go to your search history. What are you, what videos are you watching? What articles are you reading when you're not doing your job? And she realized that she was watching puppy videos all the time, looking up stuff on how to train dogs. She was not a dog trainer. And she realized I have wanted to work with animals since I was a little girl. And I set that aside and she just went for it. And several years later, after a lot of work, she owns her own pep care company.
2: a that's a great story. Um, You know, self-awareness is key. Right. Like many people just aren't self-aware. But like to your point, your friends and community around you know if you're willing to ask and if you allow them to tell you the truth, you'll get a lot of insights from that. And then look, there's a lot of tests out there, like strengths finder and personality tests. And I, I'm a big advocate. They may not be foolproof, but go after those. Take five to ten of these things and look at what they're saying about yourself, your natural intuitions. And there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle you can start adding together, like. OK, based off these five tests and the career options out there and the things that I naturally, you know, do well and my friends ask me to do, there's some alignment there that you can start, you know, refining some. of the Right. Things. And I, th- I want to make a list, a top 10 list and start marking stuff off that doesn't fit, you know, who you are. Right. right. That's so
0: good. And I also think we as friends of others and supporters of others who are all in pursuit of their purpose is you have to be willing to answer that question honestly.
1: Mm -hmm. No matter how hard the answer is to swallow and having to kind of rethink, um, your hopes and dreams.
0: So Blake, those questions, the first one, what do I want to be remembered by? Two, what am I great at? And then what, what's the third one?
2: The third is what break, what breaks your heart? Right. And just hearing that question, something may come to mind and your heart may start beating quicker. Um, but some of you may not know it breaks your heart. The yeah. absence of college you sports know. right now is break, <laughs> breaking my yeah, heart. That one breaks my heart, too. Man. I'm <laughs> telling you, I realized that my hobbies were watching sports and eating Mexican food. That's what COVID taught me. Man. Um, I think knowing that in the back of my mind that I might be able to use what I'm great at and um, to solve a real felt need in the world. That's something that did break my heart. I think it was the combo. Mm-hmm. So not only that, but I think the combination of those that really said, this is worth dropping everything that I'm doing right now to go pursue that. Um, and the combination of those things, and really like I kind of refined what my purpose down to inspiring people to action, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I know what I want to be remembered by. I know it breaks my heart and I know what I'm great at. So every day that I wake up, it's the intersection of those. And it's the way that purpose really gives you refinement to say yes to great things and no to good things, right? Yeah. The, wow. the way that I'm able to say yes or no to this podcast is, well, this is inspiring people to action, right? Like anybody that listens to this, no matter if it's millions or hundreds, it's worth it to, if I inspired a couple of people. So that's worth an hour out of my day to yeah. go do that. No, there are other things that are good and they're not great. They're not fully in line with that. And it, it's really tempting to try to make it fit, mm-hmm. but, but it wouldn't have taken a priority over the opportunity to inspire somebody um, to find their purpose, to yeah. take that next step and to understand what patience plays into that. Um, so I hope that's a good parallel to like un- what this can do and how you can say yes to great things and no to good things. Uh, that's I, amazing.
1: I feel like is- there's a interesting part of what you just said, how, deciding what like that your purpose is inspiring people to action, which is a pretty selfless choice. And I think that something that's confusing for people when they're trying to figure out their purpose is sometimes you could have a more self-serving goal for your life and it feel like your purpose. But somebody told me once that, you know, that it's your purpose and not something self-serving when what you are wanting to do is tied into helping others and how you'll never truly feel fulfilled, you'll know that it's not your purpose because whatever you're doing is not making other people's lives better and no, it's never fun to do something alone.
2: So when we finish this, you're coming to join the Purposity team. <laughs> because you just, nailed, you, you just nailed the secret and that's really the whole buildup of where I was leading to with purpose is the reason we named Purposity, we married Purpose and Generosity. Purpose is rooted in generosity, right? And this is what everybody on the planet misses about purpose. We think purpose is about self, right? What is my purpose? What am I doing? Like purpose is only found in selflessness. It's only found in generosity. And and here's what I mean by that. My purpose is to become a billionaire, to grow a company and sell it for a billion dollars. That's all that I want in my life. One of the most selfish purpose statements you could write. Well, to do that, you've got to grow a company that a billion people love your product and will buy and pay for. You also have to grow a company that with a great company culture to scale, to get there. Mm -hmm. And you've got to serve your employees to get there. There's not a thing you can do on earth. uh, Autonomy is not to be desired. Autonomy has nothing to do with purpose. Purpose is all about what can I do for other people? And once you find that, once you write what your purpose is, you're going to realize the only way to get there is to do things for other people and live generously. And it makes it all click. It all comes together. And you actually have a reason to get out of bed every single day.
1: That's amazing. And it and it's not like you don't reap any rewards. I mean, uh, take a Jeff Bezos. He has, I mean, he's providing so many jobs and donating so much money to research. And that is a very rich man. But he's also doing a lot of good.
2: Uh, yeah, and so you're almost you're getting into value in that conversation, right? So like currency, <laughs> money, profitability, like so what is it? Like when you look at generosity, generosity isn't just the money you give away, right? It's time. It's leveraging your skill set. It's everything that you have. Generosity is all like they call it whole life generosity. So when you think about value or currency, it's the same thing. There's different levels to it and there's different ways to monetize it. But when you think about, go back to your deathbed for a little bit. If you think about the moments that you're proud of on your deathbed or the moments that you're going to tell stories of, it, it probably, your bank account probably doesn't come up, right? Yeah. And it's almost cliche, but it, it won't. It'll be about the lives you impacted and the people mm-hmm. that are there at your funeral or that are on your deathbed are directly going to be the ones that you impacted. Yeah. They're the ones you're generous to. Well, did you
0: know this before you started doing what you're doing with Proposity or did that process help you figure this out?
2: The refinement of purpose helped me figure it out. And it, and here's the thing, hearing this, and even if you took a million notes on this and you wrote it out, you found my blogs where I wrote all this, until you internalize it and you mm-hmm. start living it, you're not gonna get it. Right. Uh, Two years into Proposity, there was a night that I was sitting on the couch with my wife, and I looked at her and I'm like, I am just now understanding the benefits of generosity that I've been speaking on, that I've researched, that I talk about. But there's just these moments that happen internally, and you're like, I get my life actually is feeling more fulfilled now. And I thought I even had my purpose. Cause the generosity piece of that was just making sense. And you can go write a check for a lot of money or write a check for a little bit every single day of your life. That isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about this sense inside of you of purpose that this is why I'm living. I did it. I, 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 di- I can't wait to do that again tomorrow. And that's, what's going to get you through a, a season of patience. It's going to get you through a quarantine or COVID-19 it's going to be the thing that instills you to say, man, that was beyond everything that led here. This is about the moment of creating that experience for somebody else over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And you'll get it. But it comes with time. That's it's so, so
1: inspiring. It
0: is. And it makes me want to go volunteer somewhere this afternoon. But <laughs> it's it's so interesting to me that profitability doesn't get you through years of sleeping on friends' couches. But purpose does. Mm-hmm. And people will accept a lot less to do something that they find purpose in
2: yeah and look let's be clear too like we're not even talking about a life of generosity where you quit your job and go work for a nonprofit, right if you're a lawyer you'll okay. be the best lawyer yeah because you know and yeah i know you say you're gonna volunteer you can't do that that's so right i right. gotta wait a few months um but let's i mean be the best lawyer that you can be and leverage your skill sets for an organization you care about or somebody's doing right. a startup lever, like figure out how to be generous with your talents. And that's what we're talking about. It's not a monetary value. It's not quitting your job and flying on a plane and, you know, living in Haiti for 10 years. It's just, man, how do you leverage your gifts, your skill set, the things that break your heart, um, for the sake of other people. And those things begin to play into your purpose.
0: I'm interested. Have you seen people be successful at, um, working and providing their income with one thing and then finding their purpose with something on the side, or is it only, hey, you need to be doing your full time job needs to be what you find your purpose in?
2: So you can, but I think what you want to do is, is find an alignment of the two, right? So say, see, let's take the lawyer example for a minute. Um, this is where you want to drill down and say, okay, I'm great at being a lawyer so i want to become an expert at this so that if i'm i'm going to work my 9 to 5 and lawyers work way more than a 9 to 5 but they're going to volunteer some of their time for a cause that they care about or their mm-hmm. friend's you know son who's doing a startup well if he isn't great at his job, he may give bad legal advice or she may give bad legal advice. Right. Or she may not actually help them as much as she wants to because she may not know all the answers. Mm-hmm. So when I say like become so the alignment, you can justify that every day that I go to work, I'm gonna study and I'm gonna do the best that I can. So that when I leverage that for the sake of others, it's gonna be very helpful. It's going to have more impact in the time that I'm giving away than it would if not. So that's what I mean by try to get the alignment of the two and find value in one and refinement of one refines the other. Yeah. yeah
1: I think some people too might think like, you know, I need to just like provide for myself and my family and that chasing after a purpose might seem might seem selfish or, or self-serving, but I defy you to find someone who is truly following their purpose, who is not making the lives of their friends and family and community better because they are healthier and happier. And they are they are just about something bigger than themselves. And I feel like that bleeds out and positively affects everyone around them.
0: Blake, is there, in your opinion, a difference between purpose and calling?
2: Hmm. Yes. So that's a, that's a great question. Um, and I've got notes on it. I wish I'd pulled the notes up. I this <laughs> may He's come like,
1: up. you pull um, out some scrolls that you're like, well, that, 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 that moved you so much. You almost
0: got out of your chair. I mean, you guys can't
2: so I think purpose is deeper. Purpose is the precursor to calling. Uh, once you have purpose and you know, your purpose, your purpose gives clarity to calling. And here's what I mean. Along the way, you may be called to different things. You may be called to something right now in your life, and it may seem like it's forever, but in five years and 10 years, that may not be the same calling that you have. Right. No, both of those callings, while they may be different, they may ultimately still both be in line with your purpose. And they should be. And this is why I encourage people to really pursue purpose as early as you can. Um, more because it gives the, it goes back to the good versus great, right. And I think people get emotional about calling, right. And right. I think people can get led astray because they feel like, oh, this is my calling right now, And it's was it really calling or were you emotional? And do you really want to go do that?
0: right? Because you can
2: look at an opportunity and see through the lens of your purpose whether this really lines up or not and wow. you can really begin to refine whether it was the right thing to do or whether you should or whether this is good or great how far does this get me how much closer does this get me fully in line with my purpose man and, and I if gosh. you can justify that it does then you get you know where to say yes See, that
0: that that idea to me That's is so is revolutionary helpful. because i feel like the thing that we get caught up on we're asking the question, what's my purpose? But what we're really looking for an answer to is, what's my calling? And that's nearly impossible because it's different in every different season of life. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting around going, oh, I'm trying to figure out my purpose. The answer to what's my purpose might not be as difficult as we think it is.
2: Your purpose is, is going to be on some level a pretty high bar, right? And it's a, it's a pretty high, it's a big overarching theme for your life. Um, but callings fit in and they, and they may change over life. There's a lot of things to do where I can inspire people to action. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? I can still inspire people to do great things in life. But for me right now, the intersection to now knowing the intersection of, of what I'm great at, what breaks my heart um, and what I want to be remembered by. Those are three really refining questions that I can put any potential calling through the lens of and say, man, is this what I'm supposed to be doing right right now? And it just gives you clarity. It gives you peace and it gives you assurance in hard times.
0: Yeah. It also uh, it takes a lot of pressure off, I think, because if somebody were somebody asked me recently, they said, hey, what's your dream job? And I was afraid to answer that. I mean, even, and we go, this goes back to the question we asked at the very beginning what do you want to be when you grow up? It's very specific. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I wanted to be on Broadway. I wanted to be a garbage man in my sake. But all of those things, we didn't say I wanted to help people. I mean, that, it, it seems like you can be happy doing so many different things. And, and instead of, oh, I, if I didn't do this one thing, I'm a failure. And I think we experience that, right? So someone says, What's your dream job? Instead, my answer to that one time, I just said, Hey, I don't have a dream job. I've got dream criteria. And I would like to be using the gift gifts that I'm given. I would like to be working with people that I love. And I want to be um, helping others. You know, like if it were something like that. I feel like that takes so many, so much of the pressure off, and you can do so many different things and have mm-hmm. so many different dream jobs within that criteria. And I feel like purpose isn't too different.
2: No, it's not. And you know, you made me think about something else specifically while we're in the middle of COVID-19 and we're talking about patients in life. You have seasons where it feels like nothing's happening. Right. Right. You have seasons that just feel like they're waiting seasons or you just lost something. Here's the reality. And in weeks or months, you either have hopes or dreams that are coming. Right. Or you have complete fallout and detriment coming. Like Life is just going to throw highs and lows at you. When you look at somebody that went through really, really difficult or something great and you thought, wow, they handled that so well, here's what they did. In the season where it felt like nothing was happening, they didn't sit still. They pursued something that was going to move them forth. They anchored their life and who they were and who they wanted to be. They thought about the end in mind. And when that came, when that heart, the day that everything hit that they were hoping for or, or fearing, when that day came, they were prepared, they were grounded, they were rooted in general, they were rooted in their purpose, they knew who they were, and they knew if I handled this, this moment wrong, for better or for worse, I wouldn't be the person that I wanted to be at the end of my life, right? And so, I, I just want to encourage you like, whether you feel like you're in a season where nothing's happening, don't sit still. Pursue purpose, pursue these refining questions in life and write a script for who you want to be and where you want to go and refine that over time. You can always change it and your calling will change, but it's going to set you up to really be the person that you want to be if you don't sit still. So leverage this time. Yeah, that's so good.
0: I I feel like this time might even be the best time we've ever had to answer those questions. We have so much hurry in our life and we've got so, so many things filling our schedules that I don't know. I I rarely sit down just to think, what do I want to be remembered by? Or what am I great at? Like you have all the time in the world right now.
1: Yeah. We've talked about how to
0: answer those questions. A
1: lot of times we're so distracted that a lot of the questions that we don't want to sit with and the feelings we don't want to sit with, we don't have to. And now you do have to. You have you have all the time in the world to sit with them. And while that can feel bad, it's actually a gift because better today than 10 years from now to start asking these questions. And
2: and I think you're nailing it. What's the cost of this, right? And it's, it's just time. It's years that you'll look back and say, you know what? I wouldn't have missed this moment. I would have handled this thing differently or these years. Wow. What would they look like? What would my life right now look like if I had done X, Y, and Z during this period of time? Mm-hmm. And it's not right or wrong. You'll be fine. But I think you'll look back and think, man, I could have done things differently. So, yeah. time is is what's hanging in the balance of this.
0: But for those people who are who have been working at something for a long time, or they've been trying to build something, or they're in a period of waiting, or they're just required to be patient right now, what what do you say to them? What what encouragement do you give the people who feel like they're they're burning out?
2: Yeah, I mean, really, I'm going to default back to pursue purpose. Right, because if if you have pursued your purpose, and you're in a season where it's going bad or it's not going the way you want it to, at least you can look and say, you know what, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right, life's just not always going to go the way we want it to go. Um, But if you haven't, uh, you haven't wrestled with purpose, you haven't answered with wrestled with calling or these refining questions of life. You don't have the peace that comes with that. Right. You may be thinking, I might be doing the wrong thing. I might be spending time doing something else. So my encouragement would just be drilled down on that. Like either feel even more confident in what you're doing, whether it's going well or not, or feel like maybe I need to make some changes and that'll give you peace and excitement in life because purpose, it gives you a reason to get out of bed tomorrow. It's just the ultimate motivator. And I just I couldn't encourage you to pursue something else more.
0: How do you know? When it's time to stop pursuing something and put your efforts into something else.
2: Yeah. So that's a hard thing for anybody to know uh, and tell you other than true intuition of self. Um, But I think you really need to be in to drill down on. Is there an element of this that I feel like this is this is what's going to give the biggest impact to the most people? And if you can look at it and see the writing on the wall and say, there may be something that else that I could do that could benefit more people and potentially restore me a little more, even with all the honesty that comes with it, it's a hard hard decision. Um, But we often see what's right in front of us. And we don't see what hangs in the balance five years from now, 10 years from now. And, and I often, a parallel to this, I always say you can't find the right person if you're with the wrong person, right? Like when you're in dating life, like you keep dating the wrong person, the good person for too long, but you can't find the person you're supposed to be with. Right. Oh, so I, I think that plays into calling too.
1: Yeah. And I think that th- what you said too, having the true, like your own intuition is sometimes the moment isn't, hey, this isn't working. I mean, when I think about music, my music career wasn't suffering. I was And so my moment of deciding to change the calling that I was chasing was I've reached a point of absolute diminishing returns where I don't have I don't have anything to give to this anymore. And I could keep going, but eventually it's going to cost me and everyone that I come in contact with. So I had to make the air quotes selfish choice to stop and try to like reinvent myself and find a new calling. Because if it's not giving you life, it's probably going to stop giving other people's people life as well.
0: Blake, do you have anything that you have left unsaid that you wanted to share with our listeners?
2: Um, Look, I I think we, we really unpacked a lot of it. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is the alignment of purpose and patience The results is better for everybody, right? And we're talking about you a lot, but the end result is your friends and family seeing the best sense of you because you're confident in what you're doing and what you're getting out of bed to do every day. Um, The people around you are going to win because of your generosity and people that you'll never meet in life will will be better because you're an expert at your craft. Um, You leveraged it for the sake of other people. And so it's, it's not just you. Um, I had this idea of purposeful community, but it's everybody that not only is in community with each other, but they all know their purpose. Um, and what that really means is people that are getting up every day, pursuing the thing that gives them life, and that also benefits everybody around them. And that group of people living on purpose together in community... It's a beautiful place to be. Wow.
0: Blake, where can people find more of you and more about Purposity?
2: Yeah, so perposity.com. the hardest part spelling it, P-U-R-P-O-S-I-T-Y.com. And if you get bored, you Google my name, you'll find me anywhere and you can find Purposity from that too, That's but awesome. find proposity first. We will
0: also make sure we put links to both of those things um, in our show notes so that you can go down there and click on those. Blake, we're again, we're so grateful. Thanks for taking time away from your uh, visit to the lake to talk with us.
1: This was such like a fun and inspiring conversation. <laughs> it
0: really was. I think it's just so helpful. I mean that it, the heart something I've just been learning is that the hard questions in life, I don't think have to be as hard as we're making them, and you certainly have helped some of us make that question a bit easier to answer. So, yeah. Thank you so much yeah, for, Thanks li- for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We had a blast. Guys, I hope this was helpful for you. If it was, please share it with a friend and then make sure you subscribe so that you stay up to date on all of our episodes. And then also leaving us a review would be incredibly helpful.
1: And be sure to download the Proposity app anywhere apps can be found where you can link up with anyone in your local community and start helping out today.
0: And as always, you can follow us on our Instagram at Podcast. That's G-E-N-W-H-Y podcast. Uh, We promise we'll make you laugh uh, at least once a week. Uh, So thanks so much for listening. Blake, thanks for being here again. And we'll see you guys next Wednesday for another episode of the Gen Y Podcast.